the presence of the Lord and the focus on the Lord. Now we're back to focusing on problems in Corinth. <laughs> Unfortunately, so it comes down with a bump again, doesn't it? Uh, but necessary things to read. So we're going to read the whole chapter, chapter 9, and let the word of God speak to you through the reading of the word. Because the Lord can speak through the reading of his word without any speaker, really. The title of my Bible is A Pattern of Self-Denial. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are ye not my work in the Lord? If I be an apostle unto others, yea, doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Peter? Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working? Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth the flock, and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care of oxen? Or saith it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plough in hope, he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partaker of this power over you, are not we, rather, Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. For it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, 
that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant to all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So we can see from this chapter, uh, it, it might be apparent that this is a new section, chapter 9 we're going on to, because it seems like a break, doesn't it, a new section, but this is where you Chapter divisions are not good sometimes, yes. It's a, it's a follow-through of chapter 8. Remember about chapter 8? It was all about food, wasn't it? And about what you eat. And make sure you don't eat anything which is going to offend your brother or your sister or make them stumble. In the words, don't please yourself, yes? Don't be stumbling other Christians. If they have a conscience about things, you've got to... You know, become as weak to them that are weak. This is what Paul is saying. So it, it all carries on, really. The issues are carrying on. But it's apparent here that the apostles' apostleship was getting attacked. Uh, I call it apostle bashing. There's no need for apostle bashing, is there? But there was apostle bashing going on with the case of Paul. Uh, they were queering in things. It says there were those who examine me. They were interrogating, looking into issues regarding to what Paul was doing. And Paul was doing nothing wrong. But they were looking into his issues. So, you know, and Paul spent a year and a half with these Corinthians. What are they doing questioning his apostleship? Paul says, surely, if I'm not an apostle to others, I am to you. For the seal of my apostleship are you in the Lord. He was fulfilling his commission to these Corinthians, going out, taking the gospel to the Gentiles. He was passionate about it, wasn't he? Absolutely passionate. From that very first day on the Damascus Road, when he saw the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to be an apostle, he had to have seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Slight difference with Paul, he saw him in the glory. 
And from that day on, he would say, Lord, what will thou have me to do? What a wonderful answer to the Lord, isn't it? What will you have me to do? In all our Christian experience here in our lives, some many years, some fewer, but have we ever asked this question? Lord, what do you want me to do as your servant and for your glory? It's a good question to ask, isn't it? What are we doing for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ? We thought about this morning the single focus, the single-mindedness of the Lord Jesus Christ towards his Father. Yes. Everything he did, thought, word, and deed, to the glory of his Father. No deviation in his life. No days when he would get up and say, I can't be bothered. Yes? Or, I don't feel so good. I'd rather lie down and know I can't be bothered. None of that thing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful amidst unfaithfulness, amidst darkness, only light. If we want an example of faithfulness, we look at the Lord Jesus Christ. And are not we as Christians supposed to be faithful? And that's another question we'd ask ourselves, to challenge ourselves with. Are we faithful to the Lord in all that he's done for us? So Paul had that drive. He had that commission. He says he's been given that stewardship of the gospel and he's zealous about that stewardship of the gospel. And his focus from this chapter is all for the sake of the gospel. That's the main thing he's talking about here. I do this for the gospel's sake. Whatever he was doing, he was doing it for the sake of the gospel. And they had no right to question that really, the Corinthians. But what's going on underneath? Because Paul is saying he's not taking up his rights. Yes? He was preaching the gospel full time, so he had a right to live off the gospel. That was his right. But he's waylaid that right. He's not taken that right upon himself. Now this is strange, isn't it? Why is he saying this in Corinthians? When we look at the epistle to the Philippians, the, the Philippians were supporting Paul with Epaphroditus, yes? And they were sending him for his needs. And the, Paul appreciated that. But the main thing he appreciated about it, he says, not that you're meeting my needs, but it's fruit to your glory. Fruit to your glory. Jesus says it is better to give than to receive. That's a brilliant principle, isn't it? Give, give, give. Yes, sometimes we need to receive, and we need to receive things graciously. give that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did he gave he gave and he gave wonderful isn't it when you think about these things so there really there's an underlying issue going on here because he did accept funds from others 
but he wasn't accepting them from the Corinthians. Now there is hints here. There was those that were examining him. Yes, there was false apostles. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. So there was false apostles about, yes? And you can guarantee that they will be creaming in all these privileges and their rights, yes? Here I am doing this for you, I'm doing this for you. Give me, give me, give me the money, you know, give me food, because <laughs> I'm living off the gospel. Very bad principle, isn't it, really? I was reading on YouTube, and it's, it's horrifying to read, but we talk about charlatans. Yeah, charlatans. In this day, there were charlatans, yes. Nothing new under the sun, is there? There, there were false apostles, false teachers, charlatans gathering in the money, and we see them today on the internet. You know, they, they go on, it's a stage, it's a massive stage production. And what I was watching on the video, there's this man who was supposed to be, I suppose, the pastor there, he was just touching these people and they were falling down on the ground. He'd touch another one and they'd fall down on the ground. One was jumped out of his seat and ran onto the platform and tried to jump over the pulpit. All that going on, absolute disgrace to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another was it with the snake, a massive big snake, going round the audience with a snake. One person collapsing, presumably being, being bitten by the mistake. Snake, snake, sorry, can't get my words out. But then rising up, yeah? Just an absolute show. No reality. Charlatans. And there's a big list of them. And you know what? They're all wealthy. Lots of property. Lots of money. Not principled at all, is it really? But Paul was principled. Because this was going on, he didn't want anything that would hinder the gospel of Christ. That was his motive, yes? He said, I'm doing this, I'm withdrawing my rights because I don't want to hinder the gospel of Christ. Like these other people are doing that. They're hindering the gospel of Christ. Now the word hinder is interesting. The word hinder in the Bible means breaking up the road. That's what it means, right? When Paul said to the Galatians, who has hindered you? That you should not obey the truth. And what he was saying to them, who's broken up the road? that you were travelling on and you were travelling on quite well but now someone's broken up the road it's a tactic used in war isn't it to stop the enemy approaching they dig up the road why give them a nice clean road to go down just dig it up makes it harder for them to access and get through so this is what Paul's thinking about he did not want to hinder the gospel by taking his rights And there was those who were questioning him. But he says, have I not power to eat and drink? Yes, he had. He had that right. Remember in 
when he was in Corinth for a year and a half, he dwelled with Aquila and Priscilla. He lived with them. And perhaps there was some there in Corinth who had an issue with that as well. Well, there you are. He's, he's gone to take advantage of Aquila and Priscilla. He's living off them. He's living in their house. He's living off their mains. Not so. He was a tent maker. Paul was making tents as well as preaching the gospel to meet his needs and the needs of others. And sometimes we, we, we don't separate, do we, the, the, the calling and the secular. And quite a lot of us are in the secular world, aren't we? Where, but even in the secular world, you go to your job and you do your job to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're still serving the Lord. You might not have gone abroad as a missionary. You might not have dedicated your life to the preaching of the gospel. But you are still his servant in the workplace. Now in these days we have churches who have paid ministers, don't we? It's not really the pattern of the local church. But you get people who are there's one person doing all the work and that person is getting paid for doing all that work. The reality of it is what should happen is if someone has an exercise in a local assembly to serve the Lord abroad, wherever they go, they've got their exercise, then it's the responsibility that they go out in faith and the local assembly supports them in that faith. That's how it should be, Yes. If you think of George Muller, that great man, he never advertised one iota he had any needs. No advertise, don't tell people what our needs are. Yes, He lived by faith. And every day the Lord did not disappoint him or disappoint his faith. <coughs> yeah? Now that's true service to the Lord, yeah? Full time he was serving the Lord but never asked once, you know, can you send us some money please, because we're, we're struggling in the orphanage at the moment. Wonderful example, isn't it? Hudson Taylor was another one. He went out to China. And it always amuses me that they, <clears throat> they would insist that you have to go to Bible school before you can go be a missionary abroad. <laughs> That's totally irrelevant, isn't it? You don't have to go to Bible school to be a missionary. This is where you learn the word of God. Yes. <laughs> and if you know the word of God, you can go out and preach the word of God. Don't need to go to Bible school, folks. Even though it might be interesting for, you know, intelligence-wise, but not necessary. So Paul here, he's passionate about the gospel. He's surrendering his, right, his, lights, his rights. And he's a pattern of self-denial. But he says these words, which are important, in case we get things out of context. The Lord hath ordained that they which preach the gospel should live off the gospel. So that's the principle, yes? So there is people out there who will take that principle on board. But he comes up with all these wonderful things. And remember, he's including Barnabas here as well. We shouldn't forget Barnabas, he's doing the same. 
Who goes to war for any time to his own charges? Does a soldier have to get his own uniform, his own rifle, find his own money, and then go to war? He's not going to do that, is he? He or she. <laughs> he says, who's going to plant at the vineyard and does not eat the fruit thereof? If you plant a vineyard, you eat the fruit of it, don't you? In fact, in Deuteronomy, when they were going to war, Israel was going to war, they used to say things like, right, if you've just dedicated a house and you haven't lived in it yet, drop out of this war. You're not required to go. If you've just planted a vineyard and you haven't eaten the fruits thereof, yes, you can leave, go back to your vineyard. You don't have to go to the war, yes? That was their principles. If you're just married, good way to get out of a war, isn't it? You just get married. <laughs> then you don't need to go to war. You, can, you get free for a while before you go to war. So that, these were, were good principles, yes? For Israel. And this is what Paul is talking about. And then he talks about the ox. It is written in the law of Moses, this Deuteronomy, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. And he says, does God care for oxen? Actually, he does. He cares for all the animal creation. Yeah. I always think of the lovely expression when he, when he took the donkey and its colt, yes, to enter into Jerusalem. He took the colt along with the donkey. Now, that was being considerate to the baby donkey, wasn't it? To go with the mother. So, yes, the Lord does care about animals and creation. But Paul is saying, is it just because God takes care of oxen? No, oxen. No, it's he's taking care of us. Yes, for our sakes, no doubt. This is written that those who plough in hope, etc., etc., should reap the benefits of what they're ploughing and what they're reaping. These are his arguments, which are very good arguments, aren't they? He says, if I've sown to you spiritual things, which he was, he was sowing spiritual things to them. Is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? In other words, food, drink, etc. like that. It's not reasonable to have these things, isn't it? Yes. He said, others be partake of this power over you. So others did have this power over them. They were taking their rights. Well, Paul says, shouldn't we rather? Nevertheless, he said, I've not used this power. He suffered all things lest you should hinder the gospel of Christ. Then he talks about the temple. Now the priests who served the Lord in the temple, they lived off the sacrifices. They were fed from the sacrifices, weren't they? But he says, I've used none of these things, now that I've written these things, that it should be done unto me now. So I'm not saying these things. He said that you can do this to me now. That's beside the point. If I do this willingly, I have a reward. That's the same for all Christians, yes? If you do something willingly, you have your reward. But sometimes you do things out of duty, yes? You might come here out of duty, rather than willingness you want to but you might come it's my duty I need to be there yes or it's my duty to go to work and do my work to the glory of God 
it's not just out of duty is it that we do these things Paul says necessity is laid upon me woe is me if I preach not the gospel this man was so driven so dedicated so faithful to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ he suffered a great deal for it the interesting thing is you know in, in 2 Corinthians Paul does not like talking about himself that is quite obvious in 2 Corinthians yes? he didn't want to talk about himself he was self-effacing but he says it's folly for me to boast but then he went on to boast. But he said, this is folly. I don't want to do this. But you're forcing me into this. I am an apostle. I have the authority of the apostle. And you're forcing me to boast. But he says, I'm being a fool in doing so. He talks about all his sufferings. Now normally he wouldn't have talked about all his sufferings. But all his sufferings are detailed here for the Corinthians. Telling with all that he has suffered for their sakes and for the gospel's sakes. And remember the Lord is allowing this to be recorded in the holy word of God because the Lord wants us to know this. How dedicated this man was. He explains the vision of paradise. He doesn't say I was caught up to heaven. He says I know a man who was caught up to heaven. He's self-effacing again, isn't it? He's not trying to take all this glory but he heard unspeakable things in the glory. So much so that there was a thorn in the flesh to buffet him. Lest he be exalted above measure. Self-denying, self-effacing. Didn't like talking about himself. But was forced into a corner and was talking about himself. But the Lord has recorded it of his faithful servant that he's done that. Behind time and now he's serving all men. This is so interesting, isn't it? Serving all men from verse 19. Though I be free from all men, I have made myself servant unto all. Remember, a servant is a slave in the context of the Bible. He has made himself a slave to all. He's interested in the Jews, taking the gospel to the Jews. So he became as a Jew to reach the Jew. Yeah, an example of that is example in Acts 16 where Timothy who had a, a Jewish mother but a Greek father and he wasn't circumcised so Paul asked him to be circumcised so there'd be no issue with him being able to go forward with the Jews and preaching the gospel to them that's an example of what we were thinking about those that under the law were not under the law without law the Gentiles I become weak to the weak. I became as weak that I might win the weak. Yes. There's lots of weak Christians out there who think I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do the other. But it's no use us saying to them, well, get a grip. You know, this is what the Bible says, just get a grip. You've got the liberty. No, he, he would become weak to them that are weak to reach them with the gospel. That I might all means save some. And then he talks about striving for the crown. 
running in a race, yes? Know ye that, that running a race, run all. Now, he's taken these things from the Isthmus Games in Corinth. They were famous three times a year, I think, that took place, that they had these games where everybody was competing to be the best uh, for a temporal crown, a wreath, which would wear away, really. But this is where he's getting this idea from. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. That does not mean, folks, that there be only one Christian who receives the prize in this race. It doesn't mean that. What it means is run your own race. Each one of us is to run our own race. Yeah. Hebrews 12, isn't it? The focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let us cast off every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. So you have to cast off sin, but you have to cast off weights. Now this, we ask the question in our Christian lives, what is a weight to you? There may be a weight that is hindering you following the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's the soul, that weight has to go, doesn't it? Cast off every weight. Now, Seb Coe and all them who were those famous runners in the past, yes? You wouldn't see them running round that, that track with an overcoat on and hobnail boots, would you? Because that's just a weight. They would, they would be slightly dressed to run in that race. So run that you may obtain. Run your own race and keep your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Yes, so they're temperate in food, what they eat. They make sure they get plenty of exercise and they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, we an incorruptible. And Paul says, I therefore so run. Not as uncertainty not aimlessly, that's what he means. He has a clear goal ahead. He has a clear goal and focus on the Lord Jesus Christ till the day he dies. I fight I, but not as one that beateth the end. It's not shadow boxing. But I keep under my body, bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now that does not mean... He would lose his salvation. He's not talking about that. You can never lose your salvation as a Christian. What he means is disqualified, yes? L loss of reward. Dropping out of the race. That's what he means. It's all about rewards, not loss of your salvation. And he ends, doesn't he, in the, the end of his life. It's worth saying this again. He says, I am now ready to be offered as a sacrifice. He's coming to the end of his life. He knows that. We know he was beheaded. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. That's a lovely word, finish, isn't it? Our Lord Jesus Christ finished the work that the Father had given him to do. Finishing is a good thing. 
I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but all to them that love his appearing. Oh, and you're looking forward to that day, that we will love his appearing when he appears here on earth. And this is when we get all our rewards for faithful service to him. What a man, isn't he? What a man. Self-effacing, self-denial, totally dedicated to the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ and suffered much in that cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amazing. And you know, he says, apart from all that, he had the care of all the churches. Just imagine that as well. He had the burden of Thessalonians upon him, the burdens of the Philippian upon him, the burdens of the Corinthian church upon him. He was bearing the care of all these churches on his own shoulders. Amazing. Are we faithful? Where is our focus? Our focus should be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful amidst unfaithfulness. It's a rare quality, faithfulness. Proverbs says, isn't it? A faithful man who can find. Very hard to find someone who is faithful and dedicated. These are things that challenge us all. And we come nowhere near the mark, do we, really, when we consider these things. But they challenge us all in our Christian life. But give thanks we're saved. Give thanks we're heading home for glory one day. And give thanks no one can take away our salvation. Let's keep prayer. Our Father, we do indeed thank thee for thy word. We thank thee for the lessons we have learned this morning and we thought